Welcome to the Whiskey Congress. Honest, open talk dedicated to speaking the truth to those who are open to hearing it. Black, white, right, left. Most importantly, honest, bold, and fueled by good whiskey. In Whiskey Veritas, we are Whiskey Congress. Join the evolution. Whiskey Congress is back in session. Stephen and I are together in the Cleveland studio. Stephen, how you doing, my friend? Good, man. Good. Um, you've been a busy guy. I've, oh, I've been doing stupid stuff all week, but yeah. but didn't, anyway, I'm not being as ridiculous as I could be. Um, <laughs> but good. yeah, that's a selling point. Um, all right, so strange week. Um, it's it's a strange time of year to be honest with you, right? I mean, we're after the holidays. I was heard someone else jo- jokingly complaining about what you and I were talking about, like a week and change ago. Like, when do you stop saying Happy New Year? If you haven't seen someone yeah. since April, or you see someone in April for the first time in New Year, do you still say Happy New Year? Because yeah. it's been four months. All right. I don't know. Well, when I think you can break in. I think once you get out of January, I think you're good with the, uh, we're done with the Happy New Year. I, I, right? I think that's fair. Because uh, I just, I saw a bunch of people this week, you know, like down in Columbus and in Youngstown and got a lot of Happy New Year's and kind of. Did the, hey, same to you. Why are we still saying this? Like, let's move on. But, you know, it, it is that weird time of year. Um, you know, and then we're also in a time where you're, you know, you've got a new Congress that's getting, you know, set in place. And we, we talked about that whole thing with Kevin McCarthy being seated as speaker. And now you're seeing uh, uh, a Republican-controlled Congress uh, starting to, roll out their different legislative agenda and starting to put things on the books uh, and bring things to the floor, um, which the reality is, you know, like they, them wanting to, a big thing that they're, one of the biggest things that, that they've rolled out first is changing the way the tax plan works, right? Like, so going to a consumption tax uh, as opposed to the income tax that we have, and they eventually, they basically want to, They're, they're talking about the eighty-seven thousand. Right, that's that's the key phrase. Agents, right? right? Um, now, you know, like, so, and some of that is like, look, there. What you know, a friend of mine in D.C. said, you know, the thing with the IRS is that you know, one, Biden and his administration fumbled it by saying that they were going to hire these agents specifically to go after middle-class people in their Venmo accounts and these you know smaller transactions, right? Like so. That's it. It's a bad optic, but the reality is a big part of the whole thing with the IRS is there. We know f- for a fact, which I didn't know this, but is I guess unknown uh, to the public, is that there's an expectation of a large number of IRS agents and uh, uh, staff that will be leaving the agency over the next few years due to retirement and just general attrition, right? Um, you know, the tens of thousands of people that have been there for 20, 30 years that are coming towards the end, um, that are seeing other opportunities or just are retiring and they need to replace them and backfill. And so some of like, so some of the, some of that 87,000 numbers sort of backfill the number of people that will be exiting the agency over the next five to 10 years. Um, there are some of the, the initiatives that Biden had talked about, which aren't overly favorable to anybody really other unless you're you know very wealthy um but this idea of a consumption tax you know like you and i talked about this a little bit uh, you know via text is not really a good like a lot of you know people are like oh well it's better because you get more of your money well okay fine like you're not taxing me as much but as you climb up the income bracket right this has less of an impact so the less money you make the more detrimental this will be because yes, as a lower income person, like if you're making, you know, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a year, yeah, you do get that 30% of your income back or whatever you're paying in taxes. But generally, like if you're making under $100,000, like you're not getting taxed at 30%, right? Like, I mean, you know, what you're, you're typically like our, so our tax bracket is, is prorated to a degree. So if you make up to a certain amount, Right at the very low, at the very end of the scale, like you, you, you almost get taxed nothing, right? And then as you slowly climb up into the twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollar range, I think you max out at about twenty two percent of your income, and then 
uh, as with a federal income tax, and then you jump into the 30s as you kind of break that hundred thousand dollar threshold. So, like, this is going to have a disparate impact because, right? Like, if like, all right, we all get that money back. So, if I'm only getting taxed twenty percent, but this this new situation that the Republicans are talking about, it's like, all right, there's going to be a consumption tax of thirty percent on goods that you buy. Right, like so, which would be on almost everything, you know, goods and services. Then, even if I get twenty-two percent of my income back, if everything goes up by thirty percent, then still it's basically a twelve percent increase on, you know, I mean, it's still I'm still I'm still <laughs> losing that 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 twenty-two percent plus the additional eight percent um, that goes along with this new consumption tax. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't. And I, I don't know the exact details, but just in in the most simplistic terms possible, when you tax consumption, you're taxing people who need to buy stuff on a day on a day to day basis to live. Right. Versus, if I'm making millions of dollars, I know my consumption. Yeah, I might well, be eating I mean, prime here, rib and like. Well, we can make it even simpler, right? Like, whether you're rich or poor, chances are. Um, although there's all sorts of different types of milk now, but let's just say you're a rich person that still drinks milk, and okay. you're Mitt Romney, good. right, or or an average, and compare that to a uh, average or middle income person that still buys milk. If I'm if I'm a millionaire, right, and I'm pulling in hundreds of thousand dollars every year, or some of these people every month, then you know milk going from four dollars to seven dollars a gallon isn't a huge deal to right. me. Right, but if I'm making, you know, if me and me and my significant other combined are making sixty thousand dollars a year, then all of a sudden that increase on milk is a much bigger burden to sure. us as opposed to it being, you know, to the person who's who, again who's making, you know, tens of thousands of dollars a month or, right. or whatever it might be. Like it all, it impacts everyone, but it doesn't impact everyone the same, and it puts more of a burden on the people who are lower income earners. Which that's you know pretty much anyone under that you know e even people ma who make a hundred thousand dollars right um, or whatever like it still increases the the burden on them so I, I, I you know like now the point that I was trying to get to was that they're putting this out there but ultimately it's it's got to get through the Senate and it's got to be signed off by the president the Senate is 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 controlled by the Democrats and you got a Democratic president so between them you're probably not going to get a sign-off on any of this stuff. So a lot of this stuff is for show, right? Like, I mean, we're talking about it. Okay, fine, whatever. But the reality is is that it's really not going anywhere. And if this is how Congress is going to operate for the next couple of years, and there's no reason to say that it, it's not going to, then the Republicans are going to put a lot of stuff out like this sure. that isn't going to get past the Senate. And they'll be able to just grandstand off all of it. Right. And I mean, and, it, and it's about them to be able to get in the media and like, oh, well, we, we were going to do this for the American people, but the Democrats and blah, 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 blah. And that's, and that's what this is, right? Because a lot of this stuff just isn't going to go anywhere, but they want to present it. So it gives them, it, it, it does yeah, that thing where, yeah. right, like, so then all the conservatives and every people who support, the, all the people who support them will be like, oh, the Democrats are killing us because they're not allowing us all these things, right. all these great right. proposals to go through. And, you know, it creates more talking points on conservative talk shows. And again, it, it fires up their base. Yeah, you know, as, as as if they needed it, but but right. but you're right, and and it's it's so, I get so frustrated when I try to have legitimate discussions with people who say things like, and I'm digging deep, but they'll say things like, Obama voted against a law to end, to make it illegal to kill a child that survives an abortion, and they make it sound like he's this monster who literally wants a fetus on the floor of an operating room and he just gets a stop wants a doctor to stomp on it you know whatever no idiots what happened is a law got put out there that said we want to make that practice illegal and we also want to ban all birth control so they tack all this shit on there and then come election time politician x voted against you yes. know this this thing that no rational human should believe is actually what's being right. put into but you get to put it out there, tack on a whole bunch of nonsense and say, so-and-so voted against the I don't want babies getting stomped on bill. How, what an awful person. Right. And people fucking believe it. Yep. Um, 
you know, so that that's that's what we're that's what we're dealing with. So I think we're going to see a lot of different things proposed by a Republican-led Congress that won't go anywhere, but people will talk about extensively. Um, and it's something to watch to see if something does get some sort of traction in the Senate. Um, you know, because the Democrats don't have that. Like they've got a decent, they've got a couple seat, you know, uh, majority in the Senate. In the Senate, and so. You know, does a Christian cinema or, you know, between Joe Manchin and Christian cinema and, and some, some other rogue Democrats, would they shift for one reason or another to support something that actually came through? I, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt it. So, but, I mean, it's something worth watching. But understand that a lot of this coming out of, out of Congress is going to be a lot of pop and circumstance that goes nowhere but generates a lot of buzz. And the thing about cinema and Manchin isn't that they were... Um, jumping onto Republican-sponsored items or issues. They were just thwarting Democratic ones because they wanted to show, oh, I'm not like one. I'm not like them Democrats. And by the way, I need your vote because I'm in a very purple state. Yeah, and, and so, but I still think that they've lost enough credibility amongst Democrats where they, oh, where that's, they that's have fair. to be watched. Absolutely, oh, absolutely, that's fair. Um, and so because it's just like, all right, it, you know, before it was thwarting Democrats to sort of flex their muscle, and then, you know, Carrie Lake is talking about threatening cinema for her Senate seat, and <laughs> which is insane because Carrie Lake is in the middle of a lawsuit suing because she still believes she should be governor in Arizona. Um, but at some point, does Christian cinema need to flex that muscle even more and then jump over to the other side? She's already talked about, and I, I don't know, maybe she went independent. independent. Yeah, I think she yeah. technically is. Like, so, I mean, I, I think, the, again, there are definitely things to watch, um, but just the reality of the situation as it stands right now, uh, a lot, again, a lot of this stuff is for show. And, uh, and now that you say it, she did jump to being, yeah. quote-unquote, independent because she doesn't want to get... Primary. Right, exactly. She doesn't want to get primary, she doesn't want to get labeled, but I, I don't know if that really helps her. Uh, so then the actual official first thing we had on the board, they found more, you know, uh, compromising documents, not compromising, but uh, classified, uh, yeah. classified documents uh, at Biden's actual home in Delaware. Uh, so, you know, it looks like whatever gas or smoke he had for Trump. Um, looks like he, you know, let's, let's not throw stones in glass houses sort of thing with Joe Biden. Um, you know, I don't need oh, to go. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting a lot of sound bites of, I've always taken classified documents yeah. seriously. It's like, oh, Joe. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he's definitely got an issue there. And I think if we, uh, you know, is the situation the same as Trump? No, because everyone's like, well, where's the FBI raid for Biden and everything else? And I think... There's an argument where with Trump, he you know said he gave them all back. He had a an attorney sign off saying he did, but he didn't. They found all sorts of shit in, at Mar-a-Lago. There's questions about security at Mar-a-Lago, but now with Biden, they're finding stuff you know in different offices in different places, different levels of security. Um, he's cooperating, which is why you know yeah. the, there's there hasn't been a raid. And oh, by the way, they you know he did allow people into his home to look, and they found more things. So now we now we got a problem, right? Like we had one before because it looked optically bad, but it was, you know, in his vice presidential office somewhere else, and now you're finding stuff at his house. So I guess you know you have to look at it now in a more similar lens to as to compared to Trump than you were before. It's still problematic, um, and I don't think we should sweep it under the rug or continue to try to separate. I mean, I think we should continue to try to separate Trump and Biden because they are just different people, and the cases are a little bit different. But now we're starting to see more uh, uh, similarities. Yeah, it's, it's hard to defend Biden when it's like, you know, all right, you said you were taking these things seriously, clearly not seriously enough. Yeah, you know, you and, and I stand by everything I've said about you know Trump and you know these documents in Mar-a-Lago. Well, I mean, is it again not the same? It's not like, but it's Biden's, not. But it's not different. It's not different enough that I can just go apples to oranges. Now it's yeah. like, dude, you fucked up, and right. we said that last week. Like, yeah, you I mean, fucked up. Yes, and then and it's it's not getting better. Um, you know, he's being more cooperative, and I think obviously some of that is because of the thing, the way things went down with Trump. But you know, you still again, you still have a problem, and um, how it gets dealt with, we will see. Um, you know, if you ask me, you know, I, you, 
it's something that you're, I mean, if you end up charging Trump, so the question is, you know, will they end up not charging Trump because they don't want to deal with a sitting president and have to deal with it? Or does Merrick Garland say what's good for the goose is good for the gander and goes after both of them? I don't know. Or say if the charge is obstruction, one person obstructed, one did not. No, well, both done fucked yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, like, the, so obstruction obviously applies to Trump, doesn't necessarily apply to Biden, although there, there could be an argument, right? Because they found those documents in his presidential or in his, in his VP office back in November. They kept a lid on it. Media didn't talk about it. White House didn't talk about it. And now they're finding more documents, like, recently at his home. So why is that like if you knew about this in november wouldn't you have done a good search of all your residences and cleared all that stuff up back in november december and now it's january so what's going on there i i just i don't know like i i just i think that you're it's you a know, bad look it, it's yeah. a bad look and when it comes to accountability it it needs to be there and if it needs to be there for trump just because trump is indignant and ridiculous and nobody likes him or you know we don't like him or whatever um, yeah, and, and Biden's being a little bit, is being more, I don't know. Interactive. It, right? Whatever, right but like, you still, like, there's, there still is, like, so when you said obstruction, like, yes, that obstruction applies to Trump. But you still do have law that says, you know, presidential documents, confidential documents, I've, they need to go through a specific chain of command, and you can't just take them out of the White House and put them in your house as a keepsake just because you want them. Both Trump and Biden violated that, and that particular aspect needs to be dealt with the same way. Now, the extra stuff with obstruction that applies to Trump, but if you're gonna if you throw obstruction and violating the Presidential Records Act at Trump, then you at least have to throw that same thing at Biden. Yeah, you know, and so and that's on and, and, and that's and, on Biden. I don't. It, need, like, it needs to be. It needs to be you know properly assessed and adjudicated. There's a special counsel in both cases. Yep, and they need to do their jobs. And again, we said this. Last, I said this last week that I forget the name of the guy that is the special counsel on the Biden uh, document situation. But he was a Trump appointee. That was no accident because they don't right. want to say you know. And he's getting softballs, and, 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 right? It's, it's and, and the somebody special counsel Obama, for yes. Trump is Jared Kushner. <laughs> you know, right? Go on. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'm neither of us are on the spot where we're saying we should treat Biden differently just because we like him more than we like Trump. And I don't like him. You don't like him, <laughs> but you like him more than you like Trump. Yeah. You know. I, was say, I know I'm setting a low bar with that, but I'm, yeah. like, I mean... I mean, I like what, this pile of vomit more than I like <laughs> this pile of shit, I guess. So, fine. Um, You're so poetic, Steve. Yeah. But, I mean, like, so that's 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 what we're dealing All with right. there coming speaking, out of the White House. Speaking of piles of shit, <laughs> we got George Santos. Right. If that is his real name. Which it in no so the thing is, it may not be his real name because there are places where he's going under a pseudonym or his name, which is Anthony Devolder, and it is that has sparked additional questions into his actual citizenship status. Is he an actual U.S. citizen? Because so here's the other thing too. Like so, with all this guy's lies, there's so much bullshit. It's amazing, but. You know, he made the claim that his mom was in one of the towers in 9-11. Right. Well, the problem with that is his mom... Was in Brazil. ...was deported in 1999. And she, like, got special dispensation to come back into the country in, like, 2004. Yeah. So she couldn't have been in the tower if she wasn't... If she, if she, she was she, not in the country. Right. If she was not in the country, she couldn't have been in the tower. And if she wasn't in the tower, she wasn't supposed to be here. But chances are... If she got booted out of the country in 99, she was not in the tower in, you know, 2001 when this happened. So, you know, you've got more lies because then he attributed her death to complications from, you know. Inhalation. And, you know, from, again, being in the tower at 9-11. So it goes, like, so now the question is, like, so your mom wasn't in the towers in 9-11, which means all your fundraising and everything for her, you know, illness her illness related to complications from, you know, being in that building in 9-11 isn't true. Um, you know, so you've got that giant lie. There also came out more information that he stole money 
from uh, uh, oh god, the veteran that he was like his did a GoFundMe for his dog that was dying, and and, and Santos stole the like stole like thirty five hundred dollars from it, like everything yeah. about this guy. There's more information about him like being a drag queen. Like he said that he wasn't, but then there was a Wikipedia page that he did, right? Like so, like because in Wikipedia. If there was a Wikipedia page about me and you, you and I can go in and edit it if we wanted to with sure. our own info. And Wikipedia tracks who edits what, right? And so it's just like, oh, by the way, this guy, this Anthony DeVolder slash George Santos guy, updated his own Wikipedia page in 2011 and put in there that he himself was a drag queen, right? Like, that's what he said. So I don't know what you guys want to do with that, but there it is. Um, now, again, it's Wikipedia, so, I mean, no one's basing facts off of Wikipedia um, because it's open source and anybody can update information from there. But, again, that, yeah. you were a drag queen. No, I wasn't, but you said you were here, right? So. Oh, yeah, well, the liberals, I'm just saying what I'm not. I'm not one of those liberals right. who wants to be from Venezuela and China. And exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> That I mean, sounded stupid to people who was supposed to because, because that's, that's his defense. That's, like, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's been his defense on a lot of things. I can tell you what I'm not. I'm not a Democrat, right? I mean, it's just like at any point in time, I expect something to come out to say that he was a, you know, he was, he, he was a huge Democrat at some point, right? Because <laughs> everything, like, if no, he's... No, no thank you, by the way. Right, like, I mean, everything this guy says, like, comes out to be a lie, like, from his name to... You know, things about his, his family, the things about, you know, places where he worked, where he went to school, like everything is a lie. So then it makes sense. Like, look, everything about you is a lie that you have on your resume and the things that are true are barely verifiable. And now we get to this point, is he even a U.S. citizen? Because that is a major question, because whether he's a drag queen or not doesn't fucking matter. I don't actually care. You don't. Right. OK, even if the Republicans care they can get as mad as they want about it, but that's not necessarily grounds to remove him from a congressional seat. What is grounds to remove him from a congressional seat is if he's not a fucking U.S. citizen, right? Like, because that is clear as fucking day in the Constitution that you need to be a U.S. citizen in order to hold the seat that he holds, right? Like, so, you know me. I, I want to get down to the fucking nuts and bolts of what, can, you know what I mean? It's not about what I feel, it's what I can prove. If I can, like, I may not, like him because he's a liar, right? But I can't necessarily boot him out of Congress for lying about jobs he didn't have or a school that he didn't have or he didn't go to or graduate from. Now, I feel like I should be able to do that. But again, I feel that way. But what I know is it says, right, that the, qual the one qualification that we know he has to have is him being a U.S. citizen. And if he can't prove that he is or you can definitively prove that he's not, then he got to go. And there's no, and Kevin McCarthy and no one else can save him at that point. Um, and, and that's how you get this guy out. And look, I don't care if you're a Republican, Democrat, conservative. Is this the guy you want to hit your wagon to? Right? Is this, you want to die on this hill of George fucking Santos? A guy lying about every, every single aspect of his life? Right? Like Trump, yeah, Trump lied about plenty of shit, but. Whether, you know, people argue whether he's, Trump is a billionaire and how many billions he has and he's not that rich. Okay. What we do know is the motherfucker has a lot of money, right? We may not like it and he may not have as much as he, he may not be. We know he's, he's worth pennies on the Le dollar. Le is he leveraged out of right. his ass? Right. I mean, he's leveraged out of his ass and we know he's, he, he can't even sniff a guy like Michael Bloomberg, right? Another guy out of New York who we know Michael Bloomberg is worth like 60 billion fucking dollars, right. which is insane. And Trump can't touch that, but he's still like if he if he's worth nine hundred million or, or or a billion or whatever, whoever the fuck cares, he's still worth a fuck ton of money, you know, compared to us. Um, and and the stuff Trump lied about was more wordplay and manipulation and everything else. But there there is some truth to the guy, where no matter how much you like him or dislike him, right? George Santos, we literally don't know his actual name. I was going to say, we know Donald Trump is Donald Trump. Right. We know, I, right. Like, my opinions I mean, of the guy have been Right. We know well Donald Trump is from New York, <laughs> and his dad was Fred Trump, and his siblings, and his kids, and all that other stuff, and everything else. But with George Santos, again, we, we don't know if George Santos is actually his name. We don't know his, we don't know anything about him. And why the fuck would you, is, why would you want that guy with the number of liabilities that he poses to not only the party, but the country 
on a lot of different levels from security to like all these things like just let it go you had a bad apple he's low-hanging fruit get him the fuck out right get somebody else in there and let's 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 move on you know i've known a handful of pathological liars in my life and they all have certain similar behavior patterns and one of them is when they're called out in a lie just Keep driving. Dig in. And dig in. I'm the victim. How dare you? Deflect. You know, deflect. Def- deflect. Yeah, and 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 you're right. Deflect. And and if. But Chuck, if you, I've never seen anything like this. I've never I've seen, seen some liars. Of dude, I've never seen someone who lied about. I know. I've never seen anyone got this far. I'll grade you that. Right. I mean, but like, I mean, okay. But yes, we've seen those people that just inherently lie about everything for whatever reason. Okay. But lie about everything to the point where we don't know your name. We don't know where you came. We literally don't know where you came from, right? Like you're lying about the death of your your parent. Like was that even his real mom at this point? That's so revolting, right? Whether you're a drag queen or not, like all this other stuff. Like he was married, and then you know there's all this stuff down in Brazil. Like there's so much about this guy that is like you can't even like you got to start from scratch with this guy. Funny thing is though, the two things that would get. Republicans to jam him up if he admitted he was a drag queen or if he admitted he was a Democrat. The lies they'll put up with. But yeah, I, I, I know I'm being snarky to a degree, but I'm not 100% wrong. I mean, they've been vilifying, you know, alternative sexual behavior and they had to switch to trans people and drag queens because, you know, there's drag story hour at the local library and these kids are well i mean it's become a culture thing it, it has become a culture thing and and they had to move off the just gay and lesbian thing because there were gay yeah, and lesbian right. republicans that like all right we can't like that that's bad business if we start booting them out because you know whether the people were good fundraisers or whatever so you know like you said they had to turn their ire on to trans people and and drag queens and everything else and showing how that's bad for the culture and destroying the children you're 100% right. I just, I really think, though, with, with everything that they've that they put up with and the fact that he's already in a seat, right, and the amount of time he's going to be in that seat, I don't, I don't think that they would turn on him because he's a drag queen. But I do think, like, you, like in order to, like, here's the reason why. No matter what, like, like their, their, their margin is so slim in the House that they don't want to lose a single seat. Right, like so, they're 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 trying to slow play this, hoping that it gets better, but literally <laughs> every day it gets worse, right? And so at some point, like now they're at a point of no return because, like, look, if you weren't going to get all over him about the lies, about his, uh, about all that other stuff, and then you turn on him because he's a drag queen, even as dumb as politicians are and as bad as these PR people are about picking hot button issues and everything else, they know that they can't turn on him now because of that. That's just not like, there's no grounds to actually remove him because he's a drag queen, because he lied about it. Right. Like they don't have a vehicle to get him out. Right. right. Not, but if, if now to your point, they really don't like him and they're tight and that sort of pushes them over the edge. What that pushes them over edge to do is, now we need to find out if this guy is a citizen. And if there's, if there's an inkling that he's not, then they're going to dig on that and expose it. And that's the thing that gets him out, which ends up being the best thing for everybody, right? If, it ends up, if he ends up being replaced with another Republican, so be it. But that guy, like this guy cannot be in Congress. I'm sorry. I don't want him on a committee. You know, I think I told you, like, so one of the committees he's sitting on is the, the Small Business Committee. I... Own a small business. You I run a small business. business. Very small business. Right? Like, I don't want a guy like him anywhere near decision-making in Congress regarding around small businesses, the monies that the monies that are available to us, or how we're governed. I, I yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, so this guy, it, like, it's within everybody's favor or, 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 or uh, best, interest, best yeah. interest to have a guy like George Santos as far away from our government and as far away from leadership as possible and then the remaining question is should he be in jail right i mean and and not because of anything not because he lied about this or that but with all this is he some sort of a spy or russian plant or venezuelan plant or brazilian plant or whatever he did he embezzle money to get did he embezzle money did he steal money is he doing it right now i mean because there's there's things out there from from his campaign 
where they were literally, like they, you know, like they were taking money from people, right? You know, people said, oh, well, I'm only going to sign up for a, a $500 donation, and then they took $2,500, right? And they did it multiple times. Sometimes people got reimbursed. Other times people didn't. You know, there, there are people who supported him, um, you know, early on in his political re career, you know, a couple years ago prior to COVID that got burned by him. Um, with the way that they, you know, raise money in campaign funds, and he diverted money into other other shady people's campaigns and things like that. So there is so much dirt with this guy that once it all settles, the question is: Are there are there criminal actions there that need to be dealt with? And, and just to close it out, if you were to say name the most dirtbag move someone could make, stealing money designed to be or intended for a dying pet for a veteran. Like if you're drawing it up, I don't unless, know, man. Unless I, lying about your mom getting that, sick oh, from okay. 9 11 okay. yeah, and that's exactly. what killed so, her. So I, maybe, I, don't, right, I mean, maybe he, all right, thank you. I don't know which is worse. <laughs> I, I don't know which is worse. All I know, both. right? Like, I mean, but both of those apply to one guy. Right, I mean, and right, 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 and well, that's I not even the, that. Well, that's not the only thing, right? Like, so he was married to a woman, but then while he was married to that woman, before he was divorced to her, he announced his engagement to a man. Correct. Right, like so, it's just like, imagine. I'm just saying, if you were creating a caricature of dislikable scumbag, right? Could you do better than this? Because it you almost seems fantastical. This is it, like I, think it's real, real, real. I, I have to imagine. That the guys from South Park are—they're <laughs> probably—they're. They're, you know why they're pissed? <laughs> they can't because every week they go to do something about George Santos, right. and it gets so much let's more make, like the real life story, story about gets Tim more Wood. ridiculous than what the guys from South Park can write. That they gotta ball up their paper and throw it away because they're like, it's the real life is more ridiculous than our spin. <laughs> On it, and so that we got to start over. That paper we wrote on, we could have rolled that into a joint and smoked it. We would have gotten more out of it. Than yeah, because like it just keeps getting but more really, ridiculous. Seriously, no, it really is. And so that guy, like, if 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 the guys at South Park are literally like, look, uh, we, <laughs> George, we're gonna need you guys to get a handle on this. We need you as a writer. You what, retire right, like, we don't even need you as a writer. We just need you to talk about your life for the next two hours. So we can have two seasons of shows of bullshit, right? Because that's essentially what you're about to tell us. But we need to know, get it all out, and then we'll go from there. Like, that's, that's how ridiculous we Man are. Man Bear Pig is every bit as legit as the real-life George Santos. But the problem I is Man, Man Bear Pig ended up being a really key part of the show. It did, and for good reason. That, all right. We all owe yes. Al Gore an apology. No, no one will take him serial, Steve. All right, um... <laughs> this is going to go sideways in a hurry. All right. Um, you brought up Ron DeSantis. Yeah, so Ron DeSantis um, pulls a very Ron DeSantis move. Uh, and the, uh, a, a new AP black history class. So AP is, you know, advanced placement classes in high school, which, um, you know, you take these AP classes and they, um, they're, they're graded on a little bit different scale. The classes are harder and you can use them and get college credit, and they help you in college. Like, I took uh, AP English, I took AP Chemistry, AP Calculus, which I should not have, but managed to somehow get a B, which I, you know, that should have, that whole grade should have went to the tutor that I had, because me and math don't get along. Um, but, you know, like, that's what AP classes are. So uh, a new course was submitted for, um, AP advanced placement classes in, in Florida high schools, and it was around black history. Well, DeSantis and his administration rejected the class, and they said that it had no educational value, it was historically inaccurate, um, and that it would not be taught in schools because of that lack of educational value. But if they you know, reformulated the class with historically accurate information, then they would reconsider putting the class back um, on uh, on on the in the curriculum. Now the thing is, though, DeSantis and his administration haven't said what aspects of the class are historically inaccurate or what about it makes it, um, uh, you know, non curriculum worthy. Right. right. All right. 
Um, they haven't been. They have not been forthcoming about that, and that has been sort of the standard. You know, in Texas, they they banned all these books about you know black people and, and gay people and everything else, and said they were inappropriate, and that there were specific things in them that they didn't like, but they wouldn't tell you what those things are. So Ron DeSantis has taken a page out of that book, pun intended, um, by saying that these classes have no educational value and that they are historically inaccurate, but he won't point to what aspects are, um, you know, historically inaccurate or lacking the uh, the, the requisite educational uh, uh, impact. So, you know, I mean, everyone is immediately going to the, this is racist, and I don't know how you say it's not, <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't know how you defend Ron DeSantis and his administration at that point, especially if they're not going to point to specific aspects to show what is historically inaccurate, right? I mean, because black history is American history. I think I've said that in the past. Um, so what is it in here that they're saying that historically inaccurate that you, that, that you know that you can actually prove, right? Because there's a difference between something being making white people look bad or making you feel bad or that just is a bad look, but that doesn't make it inaccurate, right? Like, and so in, in now if their argument is, well, these things happen, but saying that it's impacting things today is inaccurate, that's a different story, but it's, which I disagree with that take, but at the same time, then you need to say exactly what it is that's inaccurate, that's not true, and then you need to say why, and then there needs to be an opportunity for analysis and debate to figure out if what you're saying is true, right? But to go and not say the actual specific reasons why you're striking this, um, and just saying, hey, just take our word for it, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not gonna do that. Now the question is, what do they do, um, you know, the people that presented this, what do they do and how they go about it? Uh, you know, I'm not sure what their next step is, uh, I have to imagine they either take it to court or, you know, they look for some, some help otherwhere in, in other places in the state. Uh, but that's, that's, you know, that is him saying like, look, this is how I feel about woke culture. I'm not going to allow it in Florida. And it, and, and again, this goes on his resume to run for president and be able to point to the things that he did as the top executive of a government system to show I did this in Florida, wait till I get the full weight and power of the United States government and executive office behind me. And to all you Trump supporters, all you conservatives, all you Republicans, understand that you have a champion in me that doesn't come with all the baggage that Trump does. And I've got a track record of getting things done that Trump couldn't get done, but he talked a whole hell of a lot about. And I think that's what's happening here. Well, I think, so I'm going to use a line that I love throwing back at conservatives. Facts don't care about your feelings. So if hearing about the history of, you know, slavery and, 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 and oppression and, you know, redlining all the racist things that have happened in this country, if those things hurt your feelings, that's your feelings. And you know what facts don't and, care and about And you know your what Ron DeSantis just said? Did he say the exact same no, thing? No, no, no. But Ron DeSantis, through his action, just said, me as the governor of the state doesn't give a fuck about your facts or your moral superiority. Yeah. And you don't have you don't have a mechanism to deal with it. So you can go ahead and take that Northeast East Coast Ivy League bullshit and punt it, which is hilarious because he's, he's, Northeast he's, he's, yes. he is the fucking epitome of that, right? With his with his pedigree. But Nonetheless, he's telling you to go fuck right off, and you don't have a single thing to fight back against him. And that's that is the and I have been telling you guys this. See, don't, that, but, don't no, 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 no. It's right, not. Right. But again, and it's not. You're not wrong. You're not the idea. Like, look, you're right. Facts don't care about your feelings. But now we've got people in power who don't give a fuck about the facts. Right, and they've but got the same people who saying facts okay, don't care about your feelings. But, but like, again. You going insane and point your finger at them, you're a hypocrite. You, can, you can't do that. You can't. And guess what they're saying? Well, motherfucker, I just struck it down. You don't have a mechanism to get it back, so you can take your little fucking argument and go sit on your podcast. I'm going to keep running the state the, the fuck the way I want to, and there's not a goddamn thing you can do about it. And, that, and, and again, that, that's where progressives, Democrats, you're fucking losing. 
right? And so you got you better come up with something better than folks don't care about your feelings and point your finger. Well, and, and again, okay, that. But I, look, I'm not saying you're wrong, but at some point in time, you got to shift gears and figure out a way to punch back. Because right no, now I, you're taking it to the fucking face, and and you you can't get your hands up. And I'm getting ready to throw the towel in for you because you're gonna get killed. You see what I'm saying? Throw the fucking towel. Um, throw the damn, oh, the damn towel. Uh, but all right, so that I was just watching Rocky for the other okay, day. I was gonna say I put that. I did it, and then I did it a little bit wrong. Anyway, but all right, it's also I, so, so bad. Oh my god, him training in Russia, just helping the guy, helping the guy with the cart, right? That's out there with the horse and everything, and it gets stuck in the snow. Right, him doing sit-ups in the barn. It's a montage. Right, like a it's, it's so a training montage. Bringing back to South Park, like in Team America, nothing but a montage. And every time I see that, I see Rocky Four and just like twenty-minute montage yes. of lifting rocks and lifting Talia Shire and yes and whatever. Meanwhile, and getting that sweaty and that fucking and then Drago just running around an indoor track. And like once a lap hits the speed right, bag but, as right, he runs right, by right, it. Right, with, all right. right. Well, then, how the fuck did we get I down this know. path? All right, but similar to the DeSantis thing, there's Governor, Governor um, Sarah, Sa- Sarah Huckabee Sanders um, now is banning CRT in schools in Arkansas, which it wasn't really being taught anyway. And... The whole thing about CRT, it's it's the same thing. It's it's the masking. Hey, we got some really ugly stuff in our history, and y- some of y'all don't want to hear about it. Well, and- I mean, I think, and this is this also goes to that, right? Because they're taking the term critical race theory, which is very specific to college level and graduate college yeah. level courses, and taking an in depth look at the role that race has played in the formation of our country from 1619 all the way to today. Very specific. And what they what they have done is manipulated the term and co-opted it to just basically mean anything referring to black history, right? Right. Um, so if you and then once you once you give it a very broad interpretation and then you ban it, what she's what she's setting it up to do is for the education system in Arkansas to go through and anything that can be associated with critical race theory by looking at something as it relates to race, whether it's slavery, whether it's Jim Crow, integration, segregation, all those different aspects, the assassination sure. of Dr. King and everything else, right? Like, so what they'll go through is say, you can talk about Martin Luther King, but you can only talk about the good things he did, but you can't say this and you can't say that. So they can cherry pick what it is that they want to talk about and what they want to focus on. But they, but essentially what they are doing is forcing educators to essentially eliminate the ugly and keep what they like. And when it comes to black history and black and, and African-American history, there's not much, right? So this is a blanket way to be able to just sort of eliminate it and keep it focused on the things that they are willing to talk about. And the question is, and, and that's, it's not like it's going to be a very wide menu. You're not going to get a P.F. Chang's menu of black American history topics to talk about. It is going to be a very limited Sunday brunch right. type George deal Washington where there's Carver only three options. And, yeah. Um, yeah. But Which right, I so feel so like they may not even like George Washington Carver. And because then, you know, if, if they feel that there was a white guy that invented peanut butter before him, that they, they may go that way. <laughs> well, there's actually an argument. That I think George Washington Carver didn't actually invent peanut butter, but he invented he like a, a whole bunch peanuts. of things with peanuts. Yep. And so that could be something that draws their ire because they're going to want to yeah. promote the white G- guy. G- that Jimmy Carter deserves the real credit. He was a peanut <laughs> farmer, for those who don't know. All right. Um, but it, so, seriously. It's an episode of American Dad. That's <laughs> Can we do something that doesn't involve let, Seth MacFarlane so, or Travis? So I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm, I know, think we just we just need to let everybody know, in case you're new to our show, that every show I will be able to make a reference to South Park, American Dad, Family Guy, Family, Family Guy, Guy, The Cleveland Show, John Wick, or Fast and the Furious. It's yes. just going to happen. That will happen. Now I get shit it. for bringing in Chris Rock references, which were also great takes. Um, so. I, I don't. Some... I don't give you. Sh- the references are funny. It's just that you trying to deliver a Chris Rock joke 
is it's, I, is I, nails on a chalkboard I, because you don't have Chris Rock's delivery. It's not bad. It's just how good he is. It's like me trying to t- tell a Dave Chappelle joke. I can't tell a Dave Chappelle joke because I'm not yes, Dave yes, Chappelle. Yes, you can. Yes, <laughs> I mean, can. I can I, and get um, in less trouble for it than you. Fair. Go ahead, um, Clayton Bixby. Go ahead. Give us your best Clayton Bixby impersonation. Well, now, <laughs> let me tell you something. I hate niggers. <laughs> I hate chains. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Did I, did I Go mention ahead, they Jim. stink? I'm, Go I'm going to tap dance like you would. <laughs> fucking Mr. Bojangles can't tap dance the way I'm about to. And they stink. Did I mention they stink? I believe you did. Um, <laughs> and he divorced his wife because he said she was a nigger lover. You were right. So, I mean, um, you're on a time crunch. Yeah, I am on a time crunch. Uh, uh, oh, what's the time? Uh, so, real quick, Iowa, Republicans in Iowa are... Really sticking with that whole limited government, small government thing in this new proposition that they have, which will tell people who are on food stamps what they can and they cannot buy. Um, now, a lot of people say that's a good thing because you've got people on food stamps that are out there, um, you know, uh, making, making bad nutritional decisions. Yeah, making bad nutritional decisions. They're not buying healthy food or they're... they're um, they're, you know, they're doing things like uh, they're, they're getting filet mignon and lobster using food stamps, which, yes, Those I'm are sure. Separate. Yes, I, I'm sure there are people out there that are abusing it or, you know, are getting food like you, 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 you know, you've got fifty dollars and you spend it on a steak. It's poor money management. Fine, it's money that's coming from the state. So should you be able to buy filet mignon? I could argue who the fuck cares, like, as long as you're eating, whatever, but you should maximize those dollars. But this is the list that they put out. So no white grains. People can only purchase 100% whole wheat bread, brown rice, and 100% whole wheat pasta. Okay. No, I already object. No baked, refried, or chili beans. People can purchase black, red, and pinto beans. No fresh meats. People can purchase only canned products like canned tuna or canned salmon, which fucking disgusting. Also, no sliced, cubed, or crumbled cheese. No American cheese. So pretty much you can't buy cheese. Because it all comes in slices or cubes. Oddly, that you can buy a brick. <laughs> can I of, buy a brick of, of Swiss of, cheese? Of Munster, but right. not slices of American. Okay. Um, like, but these are some of the proposed restrictions. And again, like I just said, like I mean, totally hypocritical of them. But the question is how. Will this be stopped? Will this be allowed to go forward? How does this represent the small government? And how is this not government overreach? Um, and it's clear what it is. You're targeting a very specific group, right, that's impacted by this and saying, like, well, since it's our, like, it's, you know, state money, we can tell you how you use it or whatever. But what I think is interesting is that they wouldn't dare do this to the Social Security, Medicaid, Medicare crowd, right? Like, people who also get. Well, see, I think they might actually. I think they might. Uh, well, because they don't like Medicaid. Yeah, Medicare, I mean, those, are, those are the other I, targets. I mean, I, I they got to be careful with that, though. It's one thing with food stamps and really poor people, but you have a lot right. of people who get Medicaid, Medi- and, and there's differences between Medicaid and Medicare, and I yell that all the time because I, I don't know the differences, just with the people in the insurance world. Um, but that's a broad, like, there are people who get Medicare, because Medicare is caring for the older Elderly, people. Yep, yes. Yep. The people get Medicare that could be staunch Republicans, staunch conservatives, um, and that sure. aren't necessarily poor, right? right? Like, but they just but that that's how they have to get their insurance. And so when you start, if you try to start dictating to them, right? I just don't see that because that's too much of the Republican base that they're well, starting that, to fuck that, with. That right? was actually a Bill Maher line years ago: you "Keep your government hands off my Medicare." Okay, if you don't see the irony there, don't yeah, know what to tell you. Exactly. But the the bigger picture is these are shots at um, what they call entitlement programs, right? Things done to help citizens, not things related to say the military or or you know defense or uh, environment, whatever. And this is going to be a big attack in this uh, political fight. And I'm sp- specifically speaking to the debt ceiling because. Republicans are threatening to use the debt ceiling again as a political weapon. And the consequences of that to the American 
public are huge. If if the rest of the world starts wondering whether or not we're going to pay our debts, then our currency stops becoming the stable currency that the rest of the world relies on. And if they ever just say, fuck it, we're done with you, we are done as an economy. So this, I'm genuinely scared about what Republican, they, they use the term hostage taking when it comes to the budget, could look like. Because if they do not raise the debt limit, which I am the first one to say, I wish we weren't living in debt so much. But if we threaten to default on our payments, our government's stability become instantly at risk. And that is a really big fucking deal. Whether you're a Democrat or Republican, you better yeah, be serious Yeah, I mean, and it's, it's, it's been something that I've been concerned about. Like, I, the world that I live in now, um, with the company that we started, um, some of it, like we're doing a lot of research and, and development, uh, and, and that extends into the, the, the military world and the Department of Defense with some of the things that we're looking at. And so a concern that I have is like, all right, if the government, like, they... Shut down. Shut down, right? That could impact a lot of what we're doing. And, and you know, we're working with the Ohio State University. Um, you know, like, so how does this all, like, how does this yeah. all impact me sure. directly? Right? And so, and but I brought it to their attention, and a lot of these people haven't worked in a government shutdown. I actually have. Uh, when I was working for the uh, Housing Authority, there was a short government shutdown, and it really kind of screwed things up for us. And then when I worked for a private developer, that was that longer shutdown that we had in 2011, was 2012, one. yeah, around that time, um, that also impacted us as well. So, I mean, there's uh, there, there are direct impacts to this. So... But and it's something that I've been concerned about internally, even if we haven't talked about it as much on the show. And we're not quite at that critical point yet where we're we're, you know, everybody's watching the news every day to see what happens, but we're getting there, right? And we, we will be getting there probably in the next ten days to two weeks, um, based off of uh, you know, projections. So there's some some really serious concerns and and again going back to how is the GOP in the Republicans, how are they going to use some of these culture war issues, right, to impact that? Because there is a faction of the Republican Party that wants that wants to see the government shut down, that wants to hold yeah. everything up because of these issues. And like, look, you don't want the government shut down, then you need to, we want, you know, no bills about abortion, we want, you know... Bills that are outlawing transgender stuff. Sure. We want all. You know what I mean? Like they're gonna th they're gonna use the culture war stuff to basically hold Democrats hostage and say, if you don't give us all these things we want, then we are going to shut the government down for an extended period of time, and whatever happens is on you because all you have to do to stop it is give us these things that we want, and we will proceed to move forward. Um, and that's my concern: is that you will have enough of those people on the Republican side willing to sacrifice everybody's well-being, including the country's and our standing from our credit rating and going on everything that you just said, all the way to the actual impact that a government shutdown would have to all the various services, whether they're entitlement or not, payment to the military, payment to our law enforcement, um, you know, like, which the ATF doesn't get money. I don't have any beef with that. But, you know, um, all these different, all these different <laughs> groups, like, there's a huge trickle-down effect when you shut the government down for a day and there are people out there that are saying, hey, hunker down because we want to drag this out for as long as possible to make the Democrats look as bad as possible. And, you know, that's where there's like some serious concern. All right. We could go on for an hour or two, but you don't yeah, have that hour. No, I, I don't. Um, I do want to throw out uh, this one thing. We can. So there's one thing Alec Baldwin charged with involuntary manslaughter. Um, for uh, killing the director on the Rust movie set. Um, and this is interesting, right? Because this case really boils down to who has the ultimate responsibility for guns on a movie set, 
right? Now, for most people, if you're not on a movie set, this doesn't apply to you, but there's a lot of movies made every year, a lot of movies made with guns. And so who is responsible for those guns? Who's responsible ultimately for safety? You and I are both gun guys. We know the basic rules of gun safety. Someone hands you a gun, you and I, whenever we exchange guns, we always clear them to make yep. sure that they're unloaded. Sure. You know, we you know, make sure there's no magazine in there. We clear the chamber. We look at it, and that's just me and you, two guys yeah. in a house, right? At, or, you know, whatever. Sure. So on a movie set, whose responsibility is that, right? Because you pay an armorer. You have other people on set that are, you know, alerting the actors whether the guns are hot or cold or, you know, uh, AKA loaded or not. Um, and, you know, ultimately as, as a gun person, right, that spends a lot of times with guns and weapons and things like that, part of me says that the ultimate responsibility lies on Alec Baldwin. But I would argue that even if you check a gun, now, like blanks and the type of ammunition that they use, right, the non-ballistic ammunition that they use on movie sets look different than live rounds, right? But if you've got a limited... Um, you know, if you've got limited knowledge of guns and ammunition, checking to see, right, like if you look in there and you see a round, you may not be able to determine if it's a live round or if it's a non-ballistic. So I have trouble putting that on Alec Baldwin, but then I go back to, you know, two people, Will Smith and Keanu Reeves, right? And John Wick reference, but... <laughs> The training that... I don't know where Will Smith comes in. We well, I'll get to it. The training with Keanu Reeves for John Wick, he went through extensive training. Um, there's a place out in California, Terran Tactical, that, you know, they've got a training facility. They, they make some really sweet guns and, and, you know, a lot of modification. But a lot of Hollywood people go out there to train, to learn, you know, first time using weapons. Kevin Hart has been there. Other, like plenty of other people. Ronda Rousey, all this stuff. But John Wick, or uh, Keanu Reeves takes <laughs> he takes his training very seriously. Yeah, he's legendary for that, right? And he's really one of the like. And they also say like, listen, when it comes to guns on set, he's one of the safest people you you want to be around him. He should be the standard. Will Smith, there's a there's a viral clip of Will Smith on uh, the Suicide Squad, shot? Okay. Suicide Squad movies where there's a table, right? Like there's behind the scenes, there's a table loaded with weapons. And somebody next to him, like, picks up a gun willy-nilly, and it's kind of like, oh, look at this, this gun's sweet. Will Smith, stern face as you could be, right, with somebody else recording, pushes the gun away, takes the gun from the guy, clears it, makes sure that there's nothing in it, hands it back to him, and just, like, like kind of gives him a smack, like, hey, these are guns. This, is, this, this shit is dangerous. Keep your gun out my wife's mouth. Never. Right. Uh, but the point <laughs> is, is that when you've got examples like a Will Smith or Keanu Reeves who exhibit the level of safety that you would expect and you would want in those situations, then how can I look at Alec Baldwin and then just give him a pass because he admittedly said he didn't do training on the movie of Rust because he said he had had enough from his previous experiences on the Hunter Red October or whatever fucking last movie he did where there he were guys. You know, he said he had a, he had enough training. He didn't need to do. He didn't need to sit through it again on this particular movie. He was also the executive producer, which also then shifts. Like, is there additional liability on him because you hired the armorer who ends up not being who ends up being negligent, and also you end up killing someone. Um, so there's a lot of question in terms of where the liability lies with that, and I, I don't see how he gets out of this in in one way or another, whether it's him as an actor or him as an executive producer on the set, there's going to be some level of li liability. The question is, is it just civil or is it criminal? And I think we're going to find out. Well, I, I mean, you hit on a bunch of points there. And, and just in terms of general gun safety, like you said, I've handed you guns, you've handed me guns. And the first thing we do is say, let's make sure this weapon's safe. Yep. Even, in, even once I guarantee a gun is not loaded. So don't point it. Anyone? Yeah. And I know it's empty. I just verified. I still, yeah. you don't point a gun. They always say, don't point a gun, gun in the direction something you don't, don't want to shoot. shoot. Right. Yes. Um, and, and, I mean, you could argue it's, it's, it's a movie it's set, it's yeah, camera, it and you have yeah. bad aim and all that other stuff. Okay, yeah. fine. But I think the bigger question is, like, clearly safety protocols were not followed at some point. So then the question is, where does the ultimate responsibility lie? Does it does it lie solely on the armor? 
how much responsibility lies on the actual actor themselves and is is there criminal is there criminal liability there if you're saying that you know the answer and you have it sh- stop you don't right this is something that no, we don't have a lot of case law to dictate and it's again not about what you feel or how you feel about it. It's what does the law actually say and how are we interpreting that? And this is a question, and this is a question, right? And so this case will probably reset what that standard and expectation of liability is. I don't have it for you right now. I think that, that you could go, you, there are arguments to say that it lies solely on the armor. There's, there's arguments to say that there's some responsibility that lies with the actor. Right, I don't know if you can really come up with an in-between, especially from a criminal standpoint. Civil, this gets a little bit easier. You just say everybody's got some sort of financial culpability here. Even if you don't want to put financial responsibility on an actor, in this particular instance, that actor was also the executive producer. So your initial filing on this is you're going to look at Alec Baldwin in two different lights as both an actor and a producer, um, someone who is fiscally responsible for the show, you, you throw the armor in there as well for being negligent, and that's handled money-wise. From a criminal standpoint, though, it does get a little bit more complicated because we're talking about now like the penalty being more than just money and you actually going to jail. So, yeah. Um, you know. All right. You got to run. I've, I do need I've, to roll. Um, you know, I, I just real quick, Tony Dungy put out a tweet about LGBT kids and litter boxes that wasn't true. He then deleted it. He's taken a lot of heat from both. He's taken a lot of heat from progressives and Democrats saying that he's a religious Christian zealot. The people on the right are saying that Tony Dungy is being persecuted and and that Christianity is under attack and it's a giant war. You know, Jason Whitlock came out with this really nonsensical tweet storm about the war on Christianity and, and black men and everything else. Jason Whitlock, you're full of shit. You progressives on the other side, you guys are also kind of full of shit. I think... The thing is, Tony Dungy puts out this tweet. It was a bullshit tweet. He needs to be called out for it. Um, he deleted it. He apologized. Probably not the apology that everybody wants. Um, but at the same time, he needs to take that heat. And if you're a Christian, then you need to find a better way. Like, fine, you may not necessarily be happy with it, but you need to find a more Christian, Christian way to convey your points than regurgitating things that aren't true, especially when it involves children. Um, so Tony Dungy deserves certain level of smoke that he's receiving. Um, but at the same time, the defense of him and the uh, demonization of him from the other side are also more about people driving their own particular narratives and taking this and running with it. Um, and both those viewpoints, I think, are unhealthy and dangerous. All right. We are at Whiskey Congress on Instagram and Twitter. We're done. Um, we'd love to keep talking, but you got meat to pick up. I'm busy, bitch. <laughs> I'm... <laughs>